right. Welcome to Faithful Film Fanatic. Today we have a, a special guest on, Mike Regis, who's a, a director. Now, I've watched some of your uh, films that you have uh, directed, and you have a very uh, unique directing style. And this film in itself was very unique. And I was kind of curious, uh, when you were watching this movie, were you looking at it from like a director's point of view or just watching it to uh, talk about it? You know, that's a great question. You know, I honestly, brother, uh, I really just like to watch it to enjoy it. How about you, man? I watched it to enjoy it. I was kind of interested in like, if you were director of this movie, would you have done anything differently? Um, well, that's a tall order, my man. You know, like <laughs> no one's a, you know, I don't know what to say. I, I, I can't say I would have done anything differently, man, because I'm not there. You know, right? No one's uh, the absolute right. man. How about you, though? Well, the movie was really weird. It because it is so unusual, and it's like. The uh, reason I loved the movie was the same reason I was annoyed by the movie at the same time. It was kind of weird because every scene is a, is like a cliffhanger, and that's what makes you want to keep watching it. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I think um, I would say from my point of view, I really liked, you know, and I want to get your opinion on this, when... When you set out to make a film, you set out to make a picture, you have to really just right. ask yourself, what are you trying to say? And I think what he wanted to communicate was the feeling because it deals with a specific type of amnesia. Right. So in that film that we were watching, we are experiencing what the character is experiencing to a degree. Um, I liked how the movie kind of plays with the narration a little bit and like how mm -hmm. it's because the main character has these memory problems. It's very unreliable in the uh, narration. You can't really be, you can't trust anything that you see. Exactly. And, and that's so cool because normally the, you know, when you're watching a film to the protagonist's eyes, you, you tend to believe everything they say. Right. And that's the way that's the way to connect and create trust with the audience. So once you find out that, you know, he was unreliable, it makes that it makes the film that much more intriguing. Right. I got to ask you though, I felt like the only reason uh we watched the movie is because we have a character that we kind of sympathize for, even though he's done all these terrible things we sympathize for him and if he was anybody else we probably wouldn't really like him at all yeah that's really interesting you're right how do you think we sympathize with him was it through the relationship with his you know wife or things of that well, nature uh his his memory it's like his mm. memory is his own worst enemy Absolutely. And also, how do you feel about the overall story, man? It it was interesting how at the beginning of the film, we are introduced to these characters and we are told to 
we're basically told to have certain opinions of these characters and we do and then we're proven that we're wrong for having those opinions so it was interesting how they played around with the characters and you know it's one of those films that no matter how many times you watch it you still have questions mm. and that's also and it also you know good art sparks conversation too you know right and, and that's what that's doing now. And how do you feel about the sort of approach and the visual style to help tell the story, man? It was interesting. I uh, I haven't really seen a whole lot of people other than Quentin Tarantino kind of approach a film with those visuals. And I actually mm-hmm. thought Nolan did a better job than Quentin Tarantino in that sense really i i feel like quentin tarantino is actually a little overrated he 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 makes good films but i feel like people just overrate him a little bit wow my opinion i'm a huge <laughs> qt fan um and you no know, this is great for us to have conversation one thing i love about tarantino is that every film is different yet right. feels the same, you know? Like the That's music, true. the big, bold letters, things of that nature. It, it's really, you know, his interpretation of things. It's like, I thought Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was awesome, man. How'd you feel about that movie? I, I liked it. I thought it was a good film. And mm-hmm. I have nothing against Quentin Tarantino. I, I like him as a director. I think... Uh, that Django is probably one of his better films, but mm-hmm. like Pulp Fiction is one of his most famous movies, and I love Pulp Fiction, but at the same time, it's kind of annoying because Pulp Fiction is only really as good as it is because of all the excellent dialogue, and I didn't like how in Pulp Fiction and Kill Bill and other stuff he leaves out so much of the story for like your own interpretation and it, like it, it's nice but at the same time it gets you're watching a film for to see his interpretation and i don't necessarily like like having parts of the story not being told mm, interesting now you know paul fiction is such a great narrative because it's you know he really explored that non-linear structure like are you a fan of uh Stanley Kubrick? Um, I like The Shining. Uh, the Shining's probably the only thing I've seen by him. So he lives in this film called The Killing, which is older. And he really employed that nonlinear structure in terms of telling a story. And I thought in Pulp Fiction, Tarantino really executed it brilliantly because I feel like that film is really about morality. You know, now that you said that, I think I might have to go watch that again and see if <laughs> my opinion for it changes. But like, I know the uh, one or two times I watched it, I didn't like how you never saw that boxing match with with Bruce Willis. How you never mm. saw that, but they talked about it, made references to it, but you never saw it. That's interesting. So, did you like Reservoir Dogs? 
Um, I've only seen the film once, and it confused me. So I feel like I'd have to watch it a couple more times before I could give a really good opinion about it. So, what movies do you like? I uh, I actually like a lot of action and comedy. But the films I try to review, I try to review films outside of my comfort zone movies that I ordinarily wouldn't watch. Like Memento wouldn't really be a movie I would ordinarily watch just because the plot of the movie sounds so simple and it sounds like every other movie, but it's really not. And so that made it really interesting. Interesting. So you... You know, especially speaking on Memento, because it definitely is uh, some material that, upon first, like, you have to really pay attention. Right. But I think what Nolan did so well was he really got a fantastic performance out of, sorry, I forget his name again. Guy, Guy Pierce. Pierce. Yeah. Yeah, Guy Pierce. I think he got a fantastic performance out of Guy Pierce. Just very honest, you know, like a very honest man. That's, you know, how, how do you feel about the performances? It's actually funny because I, there's not been very many movies of Guy Pierce I've actually liked. And so seeing Guy Pierce in this movie and it completely different than mm-hmm. his other movies, I, I liked it a lot more and I could see more talent in guy pierce and the way he acts and then i've seen his other movies that i've watched and i don't know what about this character that guy pierce could relate to but like i felt like he was perfect for the role and he makes that character come alive yeah exactly and and that's what I felt really elevated that material was the performances that Nolan could elicit out of his actors. Right. And he does such a terrific job with Leonard and the things that Leonard was going through. And then once you, cause the acting was there and the overall narrative structure was there. And then the style was really peppered on it, you know, with the black and right. white, um, you know, I mean, how they graded the film stock and things of that nature. And I love the fact that the black and white stuff that's going on in black and white, you're you don't you don't sure how it fits into the story because it feels so random and you're still not understanding like what's going on. And so it just felt like I liked how it was chaotic, but not chaotic enough where it's overwhelming, just enough to kind of keep you interested to find out more. Exactly. And I think uh, that's the point of a great piece of film, a great piece of narrative, is that it needs to keep you intrigued. What is intriguing about this piece, you know? I was just going to say that I, it's hard nowadays to watch a movie that feels like the person that made the movie truly cares about the character's it feels like most movies nowadays are just about what makes the most amount of money. And I felt like watching this movie, they spent so much time on the craft of the film and the characters and 
it just everything about this movie just lined up pretty well and i really appreciate that because that's hard to find nowadays that's a really yeah i can really see that um sorry but i but alice brother um sorry about that also um it depends on what you're really looking for too like have you heard of the show zero 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 have not so it's slower but man it's like an eight hour like epic you know it feels like an eight hour movie and you know i definitely understand your sentiment, your perspective of it's more entertainment and and that movie kind of reminded you of the time was about the craft you know right have you seen um have you seen rain man i have that's actually one of my favorite films Oh, wasn't it fantastic? It was. Or like a like a Goodwill Hunting. That's another one of my favorite films. I I love Robin Williams. I I love his dramatic performances a lot. You know what's crazy? You know, um, have you seen Judas and the Black Messiah? Have I seen what? Judas and the Black Messiah. I have not. Check that movie out if you can, man. All right. That's a good movie. That's a really, really good movie. But, you know, I think the early 2000s, I felt that it was really just like, let's tell a good story. You know what I mean? And movies definitely do that today. But I remember back then, it was just such a special piece, a special time in cinema, in my opinion, relative to my age. Like the like the Goodwill Hunting or the Rain Man is just like, it's just a good, simple story. Right. You know, um, yeah. Older, older movies have such a more unique style to them because I feel like people spent so much more time and craft on it. And then, like today, nowadays, I feel like everything is made quickly to make mm-hmm. money. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that because of the streaming wars going on. You know. Yeah. everybody's like like they're 10 billion streaming services and stuff too but you know i think cream walls rise to the top and if you're really looking for something compelling it'll be there and especially with um like nowadays man they're definitely like searching's another great movie it came out a couple of years ago and i thought that was fantastic it all took place on the internet it was interesting yeah and that's a cool way to tell a story so I would say now more than ever, I think style will set you apart, actually. And I think when people think style, they think just visual style. Like when somebody thinks style, they could say like, hey, look, Michael Bay has a lot of stuff. Because he does, right? Like cinematically, he has fantastic shot composition. Like I know a lot of people say what he has to say. I personally enjoy his movies. Because... You know, there's a good sense, like, he knows how to direct action very well. You know? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I think that's super huge to really see. But I also feel that um, style can come through, like, I think a great sense of style for me is, like, the movie Searching. Like, that's telling the thriller with a new style of webcams and social media. 
So I want to get your opinion. Is how do you feel about style these days in film? I uh, I don't really from the films I have watched in the last few years. I've just kind of gotten tired of the style. I just maybe I'm not watching the right ones, but it just feels like movies nowadays are just thrown together and made so lazy. And I feel like older films, I, I love watching 80s, 70s, 90s films, early 2000s, because it feels like people were still making films that had passion for it. It wasn't really about anything other than telling a story. And nowadays, everything that's made by Disney or whatever is has some kind of political thing mixed into it. It's not just about entertaining you. It's not just about telling a story. You're really echoing that it's more corporate filmmaking now? That's what I feel like, yeah. Now, is this in reverence to the big blockbuster, big blockbuster films, especially? Like the traditional popcorn? I feel like older films, you go back and watch older films and you watch it, watch it, watch it, and no matter how many times you watch it, there's something new you get out of it. And I feel like uh, people like Alfred Hitchcock and other people were very more, a lot more creative in the way they approached a movie than a lot, of, a lot of directors today. Not all the directors, but a lot of directors. Interesting, interesting. That's such an interesting point of view. Um, that's very interesting. That's very, very interesting. And I, I definitely empathize and see where you're coming from. I also feel that, you know, we can also look at international cinema that's different because international cinema, they really tell a story in an interesting way. Um, and I forget there's like a, like Parasite's a great example, I think, of something that's really different. Right. Also, um, Canadian film, I know some Canadian filmmakers because you're from America, right? Yeah, I'm from America. Where in America are you from? Um, I'm from uh, Cabot, Arkansas, and I just moved uh, recently to Eureka Springs, which is still in Arkansas. Nice, man. I'm from Toronto. Um, so, you know, even some Canadian filmmakers. Like, I know this one filmmaker that does, he even doesn't watch too many movies a year. Maybe, like, one, but his films are fantastic. So I think we're just at a point where we need to start bringing in a lot of new voices. Right. And I think if we really usher in a lot of new voices, we can really get some amazing, compelling stuff. Like, I'm super excited for female filmmakers. Like, the people, like, we really take it in. The, the representation of female directors is really low. And, and it sucks because... At the end of the day, you ask yourself, "Oh, how come there, there, there are not too many new things?" But I'm like, you got to give people the chance. You know what I mean? Because right. I'm super down to hear a uh, more di- even like more diversity from other underrepresented communities because those stories need to be told. You know? Exactly. And what's what I find so interesting and compelling is that. Um, you know, especially these days, you really speak about things just being the same. 
Like, are you a big fan of Marvel? I, I was, uh, up until, uh, I've liked Marvel all the way to Endgame, and then mm. I just haven't really watched anything after Endgame. I kind of had some problems. Like, Endgame's a good movie, mm-hmm. but I thought Infinity War, by far, was the best Marvel movie that they've ever made, and I hated the fact that they made Endgame just to redo everything that Infinity War did. I, I wish I would have, I would like them a lot more if they just did not make Endgame and continue the story from Infinity War. I, I would find that more interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I thought Infinity War was fantastic, man. You know what Infinity War captured? I think it captured, it has such a great energy to it, the piece. Mm-hmm. I thought it was paced really well. I thought the motivations were clear. Um, I thought it was a really good piece. And the thing I loved the most about Infinity War was it was the first time for me personally to ever watch a superhero film where the superheroes lose. Interesting. It made me so mad that Disney decided to make the next one undoing them losing so they won again mm-hmm. instead of just leaving it at they lost and move on mm-hmm. that's interesting and so does that echo your your sentiment of wanting things to be different yes for sure i whenever i have such a hard time finding movies i am crazy about because when i go into watching a movie all I care about are the characters and good dialogue. If you can give me characters and a good dialogue, I'll watch anything. But I feel like a lot of stuff today isn't necessarily centered on the characters. I feel like a lot of times people are more focused on the story than they are the characters. And that's the reason why so many movies today are flops because you have you only have so many variations of how you can tell the story. Because eventually, no matter how different your story is, someone wrote a story that is exactly like yours, just under different circumstances. And so the only way to make a movie that's different is through the characters. And if you don't focus enough on the characters, then it's not different really that much. That's very, very interesting, man, to say. It's it's true. It's true. But it's also a fine line because you can have a film that's very character-based. Not no plot, you know. Like, that's uh, have you seen like Nomad Land? I have not. I haven't either. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> um, I was oh not expecting God. that. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> but from what I heard <laughs> from somebody around me. Was that it's a uh, it's more of a character based film. It's more of a care, and I definitely will watch it too because I think Chloe Zhao is such a talented filmmaker. It's just like you know, just want to make sure I could really focus on you know that, or hopefully if it gets like a theatrical, if they want to put it back in theaters again, I'd probably watch it then. Um, but I think that's more example of a film that's just character based, right? And there's not really any sort of plot is just sort of being 
But I also yes. personally feel like there should be a good fine balance of character driven stories, character driven stories, but also having a, a strong plot. Right. You know, what do you think? Well, I mean, it, I don't really know. I mean, you think about the films like Star Wars and like even the film Memento, it's not really that strong of a plot but yet they're so much better than most movies just because of the way of the characters and the way they go about writing it interesting and and what you and, and you know that's such a great eye-opener because compelling characters really bring the narrative alive there's a good sense of attachment to compelling characters one of my uh favorite movies is uh that I can't remember if it's called the Sunset Limit or the Sunset Boulevard, but uh, the movie is just about two characters, and the entire movie is these two characters talking to each other. And uh, Samuel L. Jackson and Tommy Lee Jones. And in this movie, Tommy Lee Jones is wanting to commit suicide, and Samuel L. Jackson is trying to talk him out of it. And so in this movie, you don't really have much of a story other than these two characters just being there in a moment, talking to each other. But the dialogue and the setting in the apartment, it's written so well. And every little thing that happens is foreshadowing something else to happen of what they're talking about. And you care about these two characters so much, even though all it really is is just them talking to each other. That's interesting. Yeah, and just and so there's so much value just being simple, and you know not because it depends. Like everybody's different. Like uh, like like Terrence Malick has a very strong visual style, or like a Ridley Scott, they have such a strong visual style. It really, and that's what makes film interesting because it's what you individually bring to the table and your sort of flavor. Right. You know. And that's right. what makes these films different. That's what makes them like very compelling. Like, uh, you say you only you probably haven't seen Shang Chi, have you? Haven't you? Yeah. No, I haven't really stayed up to date with yeah. any of the Marvel movies in a while. Like, um, Shang Chi, I thought was fantastic. Have you seen Just Mercy or Short Term Twelve? Have not. So that director, he's really good, and. What that director does is he does primarily, you know, character-based. He, I would say he's a very good storyteller, very good writer, and he knows how to pull such beautiful performances. But what's so interesting is he brought that same sensibility and heart to Shang-Chi because it had those elements, especially viewing his other work and being a fan of his other work. This one really did have the same types of human emotions, narrative prowess within the within the piece. And then what he's so cool about that set is that he hired like the guy Bill Pope who did the Matrix to be a cinematographer. So he right. builds a team around himself to really visually bring it to life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, so, uh, I, yeah, man. 
that it was good. It was a real good piece. But uh, are you a big fan of Christopher Nolan's other work? Um, I I do love the Dark Knight trilogy. I I think that those are like the best Batman movies out out live action Batman movies out there. I think uh, he was perfect and how the actors he chose and how he went about doing things. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I liked inception. I, I felt like inception was kind of like a movie of a throwback of classic films and older films of how older films mess with your mind a lot more than newer mm-hmm. movies do. And I loved how Inception plays with your mind a little bit. And so I haven't really seen much more of his movies other than those, but from those I do like I do like them. Yeah, that's in yeah, no one's so good at that. And it's hard because when you're making films at that level to really maintain your voice. Right. And what Nolan's done so well, I feel, is that he's been able to maintain his voice in the films that he makes. You know, like um, like he's, I know he has, I know he has roots in Chicago, so you know, shooting some of Batman in Chicago, you know, things of that nature. I think that that's really compelling. Um, I was kind of curious as far as the characters in this film, Leonard. Uh, Sammy, uh, Natalie, Teddy, uh, did you, the way Christopher Nolan goes about telling you about these characters, did you like that? Did you like the characters in this film? Yeah, I really like the characters. You know what it was? It's like there's so much value in just being normal, you know, and not being excessive. And that's what I really liked about like Leonard, Natalie, and, you know, the other types, and Teddy as well, is that these are just regular, regular people. And that regular, that regularity really creates a lot of empathy with the audience because you can identify with these characters. And, you know, Lenny coming across, you know, I'm sorry, not Lenny, um... Sorry, what's the dude's name again? The glasses? Not uh, I... Teddy, Teddy, my bad. Teddy, hey, Teddy okay. Teddy. I kept wanting to say Leonard, <laughs> but yeah. Lenny, Teddy. <laughs> but, um, you know, Teddy just being that really nice, endearing guy, you know? Right. And you see that in the earlier stages of his character. And as an audience, you're, you're, you're somewhat kind of. I wanna say fooled, but you're really enamored by how normal these characters are. And I think that's a mark of being a good actor is when you can make things feel so natural. Right. How about you, man? I um uh, I liked the characters a lot. It was interesting um how the way the characters are brought, you're questioning, you're always questioning their motives. You're always, you know, and like for Natalie, for an example, no matter what she does, you don't, you trust her until a certain part of the film. 
and mm. you you uh, are questioning everything Teddy does and his motives all the way until towards the end of the film. And so it was interesting about it going that way. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, you do question their motives. But I feel that, you know, with some of the other characters, you get to know them first. Mm-hmm. Right. I kind of call, I call it, like, I call it like, like kind of like dating your characters. Where you're just getting to know them for, you know, uh, a significant part of the piece. Right. And then when they do something, you're like, whoa, like, I didn't know this person will go there. I know what this person's capable of. And that's another thing I like so much about Christopher Nolan in this movie is I feel like most movies, the first thing they do is introduce you to character and then tell you the story. And, you know, they're in that time of you getting to know that character before the story really progresses. It, mm-hmm. it, it's not really, it's just wasted screen time because all it really is is just you getting to know the character, but everything else that's going on around him has nothing to do with the story. And yet Christopher Nolan is able to introduce you to these characters while telling mm-hmm. the story. Absolutely. And that's really, really cool. And, you know, it, especially with his work, I feel like there's a, 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 a sort of like a documentary sense to it. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I could see that. I, I liked how... I liked how almost every single scene of this movie mm-hmm. felt like it could stand on its own and kind of made you want to. Yes, yeah, so I, I, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. And especially because he did a film called Falling beforehand, and it was a really very, very bare bones independent film. And it really employed that documentary style. And, and even seeing how he's utilized a lot of his filmmaking techniques from the dark side to this memento piece, just the honesty, you know, the simple framing, things of that nature. You know, I kind of felt it, 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 to me, it sort of feels like a documentary at times where you're just watching somebody live their life. Right. I thought that was like wickedly cool. Yeah, that, that is pretty cool. Um, There were a couple things, though, with the characters in this film that I had trouble understanding. Like, um, Sammy, for an example. Sammy confused me so much. So maybe you understood this more than I did, but is Sammy really Leonard? Because you find out later towards the film that Sammy's wife was really Leonard's wife. And so I kept asking myself, Leonard kept comparing himself to Sammy and Sammy. So was Sammy really Leonard? Are they the same person or no? Oh man. Was Sammy Leonard. How do you feel about that? Well, I mean, you're watching these flashbacks of mm-hmm. Sammy and his Sammy's wife, and Sammy's wife keeps coming to um, Leonard of trying to come to have understanding, but then you find out that her that Sammy's wife is really Leonard's wife, mm-hmm. and so 
it kind of makes you think that maybe Sammy is Leonard. Mm-hmm. Because... Oh, sorry, you're saying? Oh, just because they are they are so much alike in so many ways. Yeah. Exactly, exactly, brother. But I do have to head off right now. So I have to just hop okay. into another meeting, man. But thank you so much for having me on here. I really appreciate it. No problem. Uh, thank you for coming on. Uh, real, real quick, uh, do you think that Sammy and Leonard were the same person or no? I think so, yeah. All right. I because, hope you have a uh, – oh, sorry. Because <laughs> Sammy – because I remember at the end, Teddy was like, you know, you're the one that did this, right? Because he's going on – If to my recollection, he's going on the hunt for Sammy, right? Right. Yeah. I think he was because I think he lied to himself the whole time. Because I, I think he did it, but I think he just didn't really want to accept it. And also, he had, you know, he he was going through what he was going through at the time. So I definitely do think Sammy and Leonard were the, the same person. And I think Leonard did, um, you know, do what he did to the wife, but he thinks it's this guy named Sammy, so... Yes, brother, but amazing chat, man. Thank you for having me on. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed having you on. We got to do this again sometime. Absolutely. Hit me up anytime. All right. All right, bye. Bye. All right. Well, that was a wonderful guest of uh, Mike Regis. Uh, I love talking to him. Uh, if you guys are interested to um, – Make sure you check out his uh, his movies. Uh, follow him on Instagram. I'll uh, have the um, him. Uh, <laughs> I'll have his link to follow his Instagram account uh, in the description of the video below. Now, real quick before I close off this episode, I'd like you guys to comment your thoughts on the filming Manto. I'd like you guys to answer the question. Was this film made with passion? I felt like it was. And from the way I was talking with Mike Regis, I felt like he thought the same way. And this film was very interesting in how unique it was. And I feel like Christopher Nolan's goals were very obvious. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you have a blessed day. God bless you all. I have to interrupt this episode to tell you something I've been dying to share with you. Have you heard of the company Habits365? You haven't? (laughs) Do you live in the cave? (laughs) I support Habits365 because you get great quality clothes, And by you giving money to them, you're helping spread positivity every day of every year. What's better than that? I'll tell you what's better than that. If you buy something from them and you, by clicking on the link below, going to their website, use promo code FAITHFULFILMFANATIC in all caps, and I'll save you some money too. So really, it's a win-win. What are you waiting for? Let's get back to the episode.